Welcome to the Questionable to Return podcast, where three lifelong friends discuss Wisconsin sports and more. Now, here's your hosts, Andy, Mike, and Pete. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Questionable to Return podcast. Actually, hey there, everybody. Welcome to Pete's podcast. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Oh, you guys are back? I didn't even see you guys there. Whoa. You can't spell amp with just a P. No. That's, yeah. I'm not a good speller, but that's not correct. You're mm-hmm. right. Okay. Let's get amped. Man, <laughs> you can beat the reins for one second and he takes over and claims the podcast for himself. It's good, though. It's good. I uh, got to apologize for the little noise problems here and there. I was wearing headphones and my uh, whatever tassel from what do you call it string uh, from hoodie the strings head, hoodie strings yeah kept touching it and but, i couldn't i couldn't take it out but not too bad your regular mike francesa or <laughs> Stephen a smith yeah. solo show yeah i cut about like an hour out of there because it was just nonsense this is hey, what time did you go to bed uh one yeah after editing so <laughs> yeah it was good it was fun Gotta have greater appreciation for the for the guys and, and gals that do a solo podcast or yeah. radio show where they're talking for hours on end. Yeah, definitely. I had a, like an outline, but it was like, you know, I'm waiting for somebody to say something. <laughs> and it never comes. And it never comes. And then I just fill it with ums and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so. Uh. <laughs> Bill Burr is another one. His whole podcast is just him talking to himself. I couldn't, I don't think it's I could ever easy. do that. Nope. I hope I never have to do that again, guys. You're just passing time in your hotel room? Yep. How many days were you uh, in Chicago? Um, four. Four days. Yeah, it was a long, long trip. But yeah. got a lot out of it, so as I did say in the last podcast. But yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. I didn't, I didn't walk around Chicago at all because I really don't like Chicago much. Personally, I'm not a good people person. Walking out by myself, I don't know. I need somebody with me. Yeah, because so you had said I was thinking about that traveling alone. You said I don't. I've never done that. I've never gone somewhere and stayed somewhere completely by myself. Yeah, I was my. F- well, I've done it for like other conferences, but I was with my team. Yeah, if you're but, with, if you're meeting up with people there, but I mean, no, like, this is my first time for sure. Have you ever traveled alone, Andy? Like, yeah, I went to a conference, like somewhere, thing. You go by yourself. So yeah, the first time is super weird, but usually try to hook up with people from the conference, like figure out that I feel like it's like a high school thing all over again. Yeah. Or whatever you're your new kid at school, you're trying to figure out which group you want to be a part of and they want to pick wisely. Yeah. It's interesting though, because at a graphics conference, there's a wide variety of yes, there is. types of people. Yeah. So, um, you know, thinking of the artist community for sure, it's like every type of person possible is there you got a suit you got somebody wearing all wild colors where someone with they're all different styles so it's it's, it was pretty amazing being around all those different people i guess so and depending where you're going to chicago would be a decent melting pot like the ones i've gone to are usually west coast ones so that's a wide variety of just oh right people cultures and mine would be the development community so it's equally all all over the map yeah what was interesting is there was a financial investment uh conference there too so all the graphics <laughs> a- designers had to walk past that conference. It was a morning star. So I was walking back to the hotel room after, uh, I think it was day three, and it was night, and all, all the conference stuff was over for them too. 
and it's just a bunch of suits. Everybody is six foot five and above. They're just <laughs> well kept yep. human beings who work out every day and just financially set. And I'm just like, man, where's what happened to me? It's like even Northwestern Mutual has like their uh, annual meeting. I think in I think July ish. Where they take over the city of Milwaukee. So if you I mean, want, there are a lot of beautiful people. If you ever want to see that, it's about fifteen thousand people that take over the city, men and women. It if was you, like, I, where did you people come from? If you, uh, <laughs> if, if you ever want to feel like you have uh, inferior genes, uh, <laughs> hang out with uh, drug reps. Oh, working in healthcare for a while. All I the imagine. drug reps were just like clean cut, good looking. Every single one of them. Any anything that you have to sell something, yeah, have, yeah, yeah. They, they look like that. But I'm glad I do what I do for sure. And Andy, you also took a trip. I'm the only one who didn't take a trip. Yeah. Hmm. Ours was ours was a lot of fun. So uh my brother in law went to or got um selected to be part of the Coast Guard Officer School. So he was seventeen, eighteen weeks um in Connecticut, um at the Coast Guard Academy. Basically getting the his butt kicked for for the whole time. So it was kind of interesting. It was, it was, I was glad I, glad I went. So if you ever have an opportunity to go to a graduating ceremony or be part of that, kind of gives you, gives you goosebumps a little bit. And then mm. kind of like sit back and be like, what did I do with my life? Like these guys are, are uh, cut above, but uh, I'm really proud of them. It was uh, awesome to be a part of it. Glad I went, would never regret it in one minute of it. Um, but I did have time. We took a day trip to New York because we're, where the academy is, it's in New London, Connecticut. So it's about two hours, two and a half hours from New York. And then once that, once we did that for a day, got got my bearings about me and, and crossed one thing off the the list. I said I'd never do. I drove in New York. Ooh, yeah, I so, never do that. Yeah, <laughs> I said that too until we wanted to take uh, Monica's stepmom to to New York. So you we did that. You didn't want to take the train from Connecticut. No, like the way the the schedule was, and, and it would take a lot longer. Plus. I don't know, since we since I didn't we did a whole road trip to uh Texas a year before. I've now gotten a little bit more accustomed to driving in big cities and, and yeah. don't care too much about it. But it's New York. Yeah, New York. But it, luckily it was on a Sunday. I was I was a little bit better about it because we were gonna go on the Monday. Luckily it was the Sunday and it was like raining, so it wasn't quite as crazy. It was probably mm-hmm. a little bit worse than your average Chicago traffic. Mm-hmm. But we drove by like Times Square, so I did that like loop a few times so she could get get the old view of, of Times Square. It was one Times Square is one of those things like I don't think you actually have to be outside for it to really enjoy it. I think she just rolled the window down and really admired like all the it's like mini Vegas yeah, on this trip. Sure. Um and then so, we did Central Park. So uh did you kind of have a little flashback back to when we went? Did you drive past? Like cuz when we drove past uh the World Trade Center, we was right after 9/11. Uh we went on our trip. Our trip was postponed until the spring obviously and uh yeah that that whole that whole area was still being ripped up um yeah it was kind of neat because we went in like monica and i went in 2011 when they had lombardi on broadway um so they started it they had the the beginnings of the museum so we got to see that a little bit and they had the one i think tower one um memorial where they it's a a picture i can show you guys after this but they have uh the fountain that goes in and goes all the way oh, down yeah, to the basement. Oh, yeah, that's forever. It's like the whatever, yeah. Yeah, Infinity mm-hmm. Fountain. That's pretty cool, but they had both of them done this time. And all the, like, obviously the Freedom Tower was built. It wasn't built in 2011 when we went, so that was cool to see. Though it was, like I said, it was raining. You could only see about half of it because oh, it was pretty the foggy. Clouds yeah. And stuff, yeah. 
Um, but it's really cool. They really built it, built up that area, and I think they're building Tower Two, Freedom Tower Two. I think that's kind of in the works now too. But wow, yeah, we got to we did the Ellis Island thing. We did uh, Statue of Liberty. Did the really big tourist stuff for, her. and cool. then a uh, friend of ours like live in Queens, so we did a trip went over the Queensboro Bridge, a little King of Queens reference. It's pretty funny to go over across that. So then after we got back, I was like, well, why stop there? Monday we decided to uh, last minute to go take a take a trip to Boston to go see the Bucks play what the perfect Celtics. timing. So I was a little nervous because our, our, as we've kind of talked about over the course of this podcast, and, and anytime a, a super fan goes to a, a sporting event away, it doesn't really go but overly well. It's together. That is true. That's why I did feel optimistic about going. There was part of me that I, I did seriously consider like not going because I'm like, I'm not going to have them lose. Well, that's only me. If I go by myself, they lose. But if, if we're together, they lose. But if you guys go alone, they, they should be fine. So Monica was all in. And uh, so, yeah, we, we made the trip. It's only like an hour and a half away, hour and 45 minutes. So it was a, compared to the New York trip, it was pretty quick. And the uh, traffic wasn't bad at all. I was surprised. Pretty much there was maybe one slowdown the whole way. And we drove right into Boston and parked. I think we were maybe like two minutes late to the tip off. But got some good seats. And they won. I do have to say, Boston fans are brutal. brutal. Not to us. They were, they were super kind to us yeah. once they, like, we talked to them and tried to break the ice and, like, ask about the team and things like that. They do not like Just this. harsh on their own team. They do not like the Celtics team. Not one bit. Well, I mean, if, if Boston fans are brutal, I can't imagine what Philly fans are. Yeah, because they are. just boo at every time they can. Oh, Bryce Harper's been getting booed plenty Still. already. Yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, year one, enjoy. But yeah, <laughs> year some of those one East, of fourteen. Some of those East Coast cities are kind of just notorious for being hard on their own teams. Well, we went to Boston another time and went to we took in a, a Red Sox game and they were playing the the Tampa Bay, I think it was. So I mean, I cheered for Boston. Being in Boston, I don't care right, about Tampa yeah. Bay. So I just like we had a, I have a Ted Williams like throwback jersey, so I wear that. And even then, I think that was the season they were struggling a little bit, or they underachieving, and they weren't. They weren't bad to the Red Sox, overly terrible. I ended up winning that game. But this Celtics team, they are not. It, it, and I think it really all stems from Kyrie. Like, they are yeah. not. And it, it was not amused. It was cranked up because it's the playoffs. That was the big, like, True. the big talking point was just Kyrie every game. If, if, you may, who, who's that in this one? Pete, Pete you're going to get this one? So sorry. Either you can leave it in or you can bleep it out, but. The, the the stereotypical phrase that we heard every time Kyrie touched the ball or anything bad happened or he missed it or gave a half effort, which was most of the game, but it's like, like they're, they're just, it would be like, they'd just be screaming out, go to New York, get the, I'll take you to the airport. It was just like, they were just screaming that every time. And I'm just like, oh my God, I can't even, I couldn't even imagine like, a, even if like Giannis had a, like a rough season or whatever. <laughs> like just turning, like, just having a whole, whole, and it wasn't just like our section. It was like the whole stadium was just screaming. Be like, hey Cheryl, I'm gonna go talk to that guy, that guy Giannis. Are you okay, Giannis? Are you yeah. okay? You need a, you need a foot rub. You need something. Yeah, no, they were, and it was just, and their accents are super cool. So it's, it's just even yeah. like, yeah, so that was a good thing. And then so I'm graduating and immediately back on a plane and and back to back to you guys. Well, back to well, reality and work and, and yeah. family stuff and. Kids baseball. Kids baseball. Well, it's the kids, little, though. It's nice. Both of you guys got a little trip in. I think mm. I'm due for a trip now. It's supposed to be a relaxing trip, and then we end up jam-packing it with, like, crazy trips. Well, that's your own fault. It, oh. is, a, it is. But, wait, when you're, when you're when an in, hour from Boston. When yeah. in Rome. 
Yeah. You got to go. Tickets are reasonable. Good seats. Well, fellows, you guys have yet to talk a little bit about the Bucks. And we did have a question from Something Wrong. Something Wong. Something Wong. That wasn't me. Oh, okay. So I kind of wanted you guys to elaborate on that a little bit, but let's let's just talk about Bucks. Uh, Bucks and five, obviously. And they kind of dominated the series. They've dominated who, the whole playoffs. Who said, who said Bucks and five? Uh, Andy did call that. I said the Bucks would win four in a row. Yeah, you also got right? that. Yeah. <laughs> so far, uh, and the Bucks haven't lost on the road in the playoffs. Amazing. Yeah. Well, not, not too shabby. They, well, they only have one game where they've lost. They've won by uh, one game. They've won by under double digits. I mean, they're eight and one, so yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and I believe they had forty-five wins in the regular season by double digits, and now they've done it seven of eight games in the playoffs. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Yet there's a lot of people still doubting them. Yeah, what an, what annoyed me was how much the talking point of this series was just all about the Celtics. It wasn't, oh, Giannis is amazing and the Bucks have a great supporting cast. Like, look out. It was, oh, you know, is Kyrie leaving? Is he not a leader? That was all the talk was from so much of the media. It kind of just annoyed me. Like, talk about that stuff in the off season. Like, right. Like, there'll be plenty of storylines. Yeah, keep and, that for July with the free agency and the crazy stuff happening. But... In reference to that question from our um, our listener, who's definitely not me, uh, you you uh, you snuffed that one out pretty pretty quickly, or <laughs> snuffed that one out pretty quickly. Uh, I think that's some of the reason people don't get excited about the Bucks as much as the fact that we're talking about like who is the second best player in the series. Like, was it Pat Connaughton? Was it George Hill? When experts two, two bench players, yeah. When experts hear that, they just think this is a Bucks team that's Giannis and like a bunch of random guys. But I think that goes to show you how deep the Bucks are. The fact that George Hill or Pat Connaughton should be like our eighth and ninth best players, but sometimes they play like our second best players, right? Because the Bucks have like nine quality players on the team, and that's what makes them really deadly. It's Giannis and an amazing supporting cast. Which is vastly different from a year ago. So yeah. I, I think they don't give, again, you're right, they don't give the Milwaukee team that much credit. They think it's the same team as a year ago. And if it's the same team as a year ago and they got beat by the Celtics team, then it has to be a Celtics problem. Yeah. And the thing is, too, with the Celtics is everyone's like, oh, it was a disappointing season for them. Yeah, it was disappointing given preseason expectations. But as the season played out, it was clear the Celtics team wasn't clicking. The Bucks won 11 more games than them in the regular season. Right. It's disappointing from preseason expectations, but losing to the Bucks in this series, it, it shouldn't have been such a big surprise. The Bucks were a better right. team. Way better than them. They're the best team in the NBA this year, and they beat the four seed. And everyone's like, oh, what a disappointing Celtics year. You lost to the best team in the NBA. That's, all my, that's, that's the rage I had to get out. Is all that just? But it's, it's still me. like the specialist, right? The analysts on, on the on the big networks, right? Like they're trying yeah. to play up to their their respective big territory. So it's West Coast, East Coast, right? Yeah, that's so they got to play up to the Boston perspective, like the idea that there's no and they and I can see a little bit with Boston because they have such a like heritage legacy. They have generations of amazing teams. Like you can you can pick, yeah. you can pick any any decade and and 
just pick out really good Celtics teams. Um, maybe the nineties were a little late nineties were a little bit darker the than Ant- others, but the Antoine Walker shooting ten threes a game. But. Yeah, but I mean, quickly turned into the Paul Pierce, like Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, yeah. and then they turned that around. Um, Rondo, like that whole group. But so I think they have a higher, much higher expectation than yeah, most right. teams will. But again, it's just it's it seems it's very much a team like that's the view they've had for most of the season. So that's where they're gonna focus in on that. Boston had to gel for the beginning part, seemed to get it together. Kyrie's a, a dickhead, and then now he seemed to get it better, but that only lasted three weeks, and he's back to his old self, and he's just trying to take a beeline to whatever team he can get to out of Boston. Yeah. Not really realizing that this team has been... So I think if you really listen to, like, if you deep dive in some of the really NBA purists, I think mm-hmm. they all can talk about how this is a much better Bucks team. Like, yeah. Any, anybody who's watched the NBA through the whole season and really watched these teams can tell you that the, this is a much better Bucks team. It's a better team than that Boston team. On paper, Boston should be better, but if you just look at the team as a whole, Giannis is, like, as a leader of a team, Giannis is just head leaps and bounds above a Kyrie. Yeah, yeah everybody knows their place on the Bucks team. That Giannis is the alpha dog they all look up to, but everyone still has an important role, and they play it well. And that's what's what's really interesting to me is I think I mentioned it last time, but the minutes played, the Bucks only have two guys in the thirties. Everybody else is in the twenties. They have a couple guys in the teens, and they run nine deep. in In, the, in these other series, most of the starters are playing over thirty minutes, and they have a couple guys in the forties. Like the Warriors only have like six deep, pretty much. Yeah. So it makes you think, like as this as this playoffs rolls on the Bucks have been winning by so much that they're resting so many more players and it's it's such a big for me it's I think it's such a big advantage for the Bucks well, because you, well, they're even, just going to run teams out right and even game four when they're down at what half and they and they and Giannis and a, and a bunch of others I think even uh, Middleton were in foul trouble pretty early and the fact that they can go sit those guys for most of the half and and then gain Gain ground on a on all their starters with Hayward. Like they had their most powerful lineup was in the lineup against those backups, and the backups dominated them. Yeah, I think that was one of the cool things to see in person was just a and that kind of played into some some Ting Wong some Ting Wong's question. Yeah. It kind of played into that a little bit. Was you're right, like George Hill coming off off the bench. He was just and he was a little bit in foul trouble too. But the idea that it didn't skip a beat, like he seemed. Like this is the best Churchill has been in years. Like, yeah, he's, yeah I just thought he was just going to be a brief minute role player that comes off occasionally just to give give somebody a rest. Like he's like legit. Like you have no, I have zero concerns of him coming into the game and just not and replacing anybody. Actually, I think in some situations he's actually better than Bledsoe. At least, especially when Bledsoe's cold. Yeah, when Bledsoe doesn't drive and shoots too much, for sure. He George Hill I, only had one turnover this whole series. He was the third highest scorer on the team, so he had his, he has a huge role in this playoffs, and it's pretty crazy what what he has done. Yeah, Kyrie Morris got in Bledsoe's head for a good portion of the series. Like the idea where yeah, Bledsoe looked rough in stretches, especially those games in Boston where he would just m- make some really dumb plays, like driving yeah. and just turning the ball over. Yeah. But, but then he makes those amazing plays when he drives. So he, he just needs to drive all the time. Drive yeah. the hoop, drives the hoop. I mean, he's going to make turnovers. That's just what he is. We all kind of expect that now. But yeah, it, it's pretty pretty amazing that they can put George Hill in there and, and trust him for sure. I think from game two on, the Bucks did a better job of getting out and running because mm-hmm. they're, they're so good in transition and they seem to 
to really push the pace, and I think Boston couldn't handle it. In the first game, it was like uh, they, they were able to bottle up Giannis and kind of stop some of the Bucks' fast break points, but Bucks figured it out. Yeah, Giannis kind of forced in the first game where in the rest of the series, he kind of let the game come to him and passed yeah. more and got those guys like, wide open. Like game five, he wasn't scoring until later in the game. Yeah. He was just getting rebounds and assists because they, they kept trying to bottle him up. So he just kept kicking it out and guys were hitting open threes. I think Middleton was kind of a savior in that second game where he, like he got so hot because we could, we, this could have yeah. been a, this could have turned very dark after that second game if we got down big again. I think Giannis was still pressing that first half, and and Middleton's shooting is what kept us in it. And that kind of, I think, let everybody yeah. say, okay, we're in this. We got this. Like, this is no different than the regular season. And that kind of carried over to the rest of the series. Yeah, that was a game that Middleton shot 7 for 10 from 3, so he was just on fire. He kind of cooled off the rest of the series, but then you had, like, Connaughton and all those guys just come back. And well, Miritich, too. Lopez is a big head. Yeah, Miritich coming off, like, hitting. I mean, he's funny. He's a funny guy with the one where I'll miss, like, like two, and then all of a sudden he hit three in a row. Yeah, yeah, he can in a just very get short hot. order. He can get hot for sure, and he's good defensively too. Like he was covering Brown pretty well. A guy who's way more athletic than him. Yeah, they uh, they use Miritich in a lot of different ways defensively. Yeah, like sometimes he'll be the main big out there. Sometimes with with their starting lineup, it's interesting because they have such a huge front court with Miritich, oh, Giannis, yeah, and Lopez. Right. Yeah. But then, yeah, sometimes they'll go smaller because they've got so many guards and they'll play like Miritich is the main big. Yeah, sometimes he's guarding like a small forward or wing player. So yeah, the Bucks they got a lot of versatility with this deep bench. Best bench in the playoffs has to be. So, so, so he was a big one. My honorable mention was Connaughton, though. Like I yeah. had to talk about that guy. That guy, like I think you mentioned it, he mm-hmm. was like just a, a ball of energy that comes off, off the bench. But again, he's another guy who's a, is really good defensively and is so athletic. Yeah. The idea that he can pull down like 12, 10 boards, double-digit rebounds on, just on a whim. He's like the perfect high-energy bench player, like in, considering just his style of play. And like you said, yeah, he's always like crashing the boards and getting rebounds. And probably one of my favorite plays was the one where I think, I forgot who deflected it, but immediately like pass it down court because he's streaking. Like the moment he just sees it, like he reads it and like just goes, yeah, trusting he, that he's going to deflect it. He blocked it. He blocked he it. Block? Yeah, and then so Brown just, got it and passed it to him. Yeah, that was just, that was an amazing play. I could watch that over and over and over again. And then he's one of those ones like a guy that size, you just expect him to lay it up, but he's just so athletic and has that that huge 40, what, 30 plus inch vertical yeah. or whatever else yeah. he can just like he averaged 8.8 rebounds a game this series second on the <laughs> team not, right? not bad for yeah six four guy coming off the bench so the bucks picked up a free agent malcolm brogdon <laughs> he's back <laughs> yeah their best shooter from the year pretty much um brooks gets stronger hopefully lopez can can find it again yeah. Uh, I'd imagine if he can, but yeah, it'll um, be fine. hopefully if Lopez can find it again and Brogdon's Brogdon, man, this team, it, they're unstoppable. Yeah, right? I mean, look, Lopez had like an absolutely abysmal game. Oh, God. And they still blew him out. Still blew him out, yeah. <laughs> At least offensively, he still makes a difference on well, defense. He makes two of those threes, it's huge. I mean, really, yeah. when you think of it, yeah. it, it just opens up more more lanes for Giannis. So. And he's had a game or two already this year where he was just completely ice cold shooting and he'll just shake it off. I'm I'm really happy to, I'm happy to get Brogdon back just for the fact that we can maybe uh scoot Sterling Brown a little bit deeper deeper in that bench. I'm not I just 
I think he shows flashes one day and then another day of like he has he's completely like a fish out of water. I think he's like DJ Wilson. He he shows those awesome flashes, but yeah, he now that we're to the playoffs and you kind well, of I just think Brown can Brown can cost you. I don't think DJ Wilson like I don't think he put like he's not in positions and I think he's athletic enough for like I don't think he he is in the position to make decisions that would cost you uh not cost you a game, but definitely cause you a swing in the game. For sure. Sterling Brown's in a position where like the guy he thinks he's talented. He's uber talented, but they, like, that's just not your role in a playoff game. Is to take like some of those ridiculous shots or do whatever. And he's just he's just not. I don't think he's athletic enough to keep up. Like, he was on Kyrie for part of it. He's just not athletic enough to keep up with a guy like that. I don't know who really is, but so to wrap up the the Bucks talk completely, let's talk a little bit of, of NBA playoffs. We have a Sunday has a big big day of Game Sevens. We have two Game Sevens: Portland, Denver, and Philly, Toronto. The Philly, Toronto one obviously means more to us. Mm-hmm. Who do you guys want? Bring it. I think I want Philly. I do too. I want Toronto. Give me the best. The best. Yeah. Wasn't the best the one that that wins the series? Give me the best that's left. I should say, uh, out of the rest of the Eastern Conference teams, give me Toronto. We swept them this year. Do we, did we win three or four against them? Didn't we sweep them? I thought it was three or three. I think we lost one against each team. Yeah, it could be. In the meantime, I'll tell you why I want Philly. They seem to be, I mean, they, they're putting it together enough to take care of Toronto, but I don't think they match up well against the Bucks. So I think Embiid is just laboring. He's just... Mm-hmm. Just doing whatever he can to get through this, the end of the season. So while he's in there, I mean, he's playing, what, 20 minutes, 25 minutes a game, something like that, mid-20s. And then uh, when he's out, I just think Giannis would just have a field day against that group. And Philly has such a limited bench. They, their bench is, it's what, Mike Scott and... Yes, I think the... Ninja Mike Scott. (laughs) Uh, They traded for uh, Jonathan Simmons. I don't even know if he's really playing much in the playoffs. He was supposed to be like their sixth man. So uh, also, didn't Giannis average like 40 points a game against Philly? Yeah, Simmons is only averaging 5.8 minutes. So James Ennis is actually their big bench guy. And other than that, they have Mike Scott who... He only yeah. plays 16 minutes it, a game. It's so. like they're like a seven-man rotation, basically, with Ennis and Scott. Yeah. So that makes me feel good, especially if Embiid is banged up, that he's, you know, playing through injury. That's I think a, our bench could destroy he's, he's just, him. He's, just, he's, a, he's a guy that looks like he has his feet in, in concrete. Like, he's just so slow right now. So a quickness of Giannis, like it doesn't, I don't even think it matters. But that's, think, a, that's an interesting thing, because, like, Early in the season, halfway through the season, everybody was saying, well, the Bucks have no chance. They have no bench. And you look at all these teams, they have no bench. Like, yeah, the Bucks compared the to us, best it's bench. crazy. So, yeah, all their starters average over 30 minutes a game. So, I mean, they're, they're playing a lot of minutes. And, yeah. yeah, the second, that's the thing is, sure, you can equal Giannis, Middleton, and our starters maybe, but... Can you equal our bench? I don't think so. Yeah, I think uh, the Sixers like trade away some of their depth when they would trade for Harris mm-hmm. and part of that trade. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the, it almost seems to be that's their that was kind of like their kiss of death. It's a long season to try to get through the season to get to the playoffs. Coming in the East, and then now you just kind of get worn down. Yeah, especially in these seven game series when you're 
playing 30 plus minutes every every single game yeah it's it's a grind so yeah you think of toronto too they're, they're the same way five five men deep they have one bench guy serge baka all the rest are van vliet powell mccall like they right. have nobody else so who's gonna who's gonna beat us really who has the best chance to beat us possibly toronto right because they're better defensively. They're the best defensive team in the playoffs right now. I would think Toronto. Yeah, I think Toronto at their peak is a little better than Philly because of their defense. I'd say that's the difference maker. So I think in this case, if you take the two, who is that? who has the best player between the two? I pick Kawhi. Yeah, definitely. He's been great in the playoffs. Yeah, the claw. So then I take so then I want to take 76ers because it really doesn't matter. Like the the narrative is not going to be oh they had an easy road into the, the finals. It's going to be whoever they play in the finals anyway. Whoever whatever West Coast team they're going to get which looks like to be Golden State. Plus what I uh what I enjoy about the the Sixers is that uh Ben Simmons can't shoot at all <laughs> and he's their point guard. Yeah. Technically so yeah, Butler's been mostly their point guard lately. Yeah, because then that kind of uh, clogs up the lane if he's if Embiid and Ben Simmons both want to go to the basket. I mean, that's a lot of pressure then on Harris and Butler and Reddick to to make threes. Like, really... What happened to that guy? Like he was he was making strides like last year, and like this is supposed to be his year, and I don't think he's gotten any better. If anything, he's probably a little bit worse than a year ago. Yeah, he just he just cannot shoot. Does, does Ben Simmons, does he have any made threes in his career? Is he still working on that? Uh, I think he might have one. Oh. He hasn't attempted one this playoffs. Yeah, that's how infrequently he shoots so. three-pointers. Oh, my goodness. Let's check here. So yeah. three-pointers, he yeah, has zero. one attempt, zero. I think he has like one attempt. Or 11 attempts. Last year he had 11 attempts, zero for 11. This year he was zero for six. Yeah, so, so so he's worse than Giannis. Has okay, never made an NBA yeah. three. So, so yeah, Giannis has been pretty hot from three in the playoffs. So in the modern NBA, you can have like one guy like that as long as the rest of your roster is built out of shooters who are gonna hit the corners and spread out. Yeah, that's but, yeah. So your six foot ten point guard can't shoot threes, but your seven foot three center can. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. That's pretty much it. But I'd let him shoot threes all day. I don't want him out. I'll let him be outside all day. It's just like Giannis. Let him be outside all day. Sure, he's going to hit him sometimes, but he's more deadly in the paint. I I think we just established I don't think he wants to shoot that, so I don't think he will. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I think think whoever comes, it's going to be a great series no matter what. I think you could see a game seven for sure on each, each of these squads anyway. I think they're both way better than what we've played. but. I just think the Bucks are just on a different level right now in the Eastern Conference, and they're just—I just think they're on a different mm-hmm. level in the NBA. Wise, I—I yeah. I think they could take the Warriors. To be totally honest, I. Well, especially I, I, now I, that Durant's hurt. Yeah, Durant might come back for this next series, but yeah, Durant hurt. Um, Curry's kind of hobbled here and there. He's kind of had some some stuff going on, but they could yeah. be better without Durant, though. Curry sure. was scoreless. Last night in the yeah, first half, first but the, half. he did make up for it in the second oh, half. Yeah, 33. <laughs> but it's kind of weird to, to see him. The first time in his career, he went scoreless in the first half and answers back. But yeah, still, the Warriors don't seem like they're quite the same terrifying Warriors team they've been. Right. And that's the thing is is with that other series with, with 
the Trailblazers and and the Nuggets, it's that series has been amazing. Yeah. Would they go four overtime game? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where uh, Jokic so played like almost every every minute. minute. Yeah. So my 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 dark horse pick was Denver. They're making me look good. Yeah, I think the Trailblazers could give give the Warriors a run for the money. I I th- the Nuggets it might just be too big for them right now. I'm not sure though because Jokic is just if he can Jokic. get his own way and pass and he's just amazing. Jokic looks like he's 35. Yeah, <laughs> like he's got a dad bod. He definitely he's has just, a dad bod. He's like dad bod and like is zero. I think he maybe has a two inch vertical. <laughs> I've, I've noticed well, that's all you need when you're that tall <laughs> well i think that was the joke when we were here watching like the all-star oh, game. layups <laughs> and he was doing layups he's the only seven foot seven foot one guy that i've seen do layups yeah he still does it <laughs> i noticed the last game of theirs i watched there was one he he got a rebound and it looked like he could have just went up and dunked it but he just went up and put it off the glass like yeah. fundamentally like, like yep, a, yeah yep, yep, yep. like a 40 year old guy playing pickup basketball like <laughs> just go glass nice, oh easy. that's like Bolban. Boban's the same way. He's what, 7'5? Yeah, that guy can't jump at all. No, typical George Mirashan problem. (laughs) But yeah, bring him on. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll we'll go more in depth probably next week when uh, it ramps up. Bucks play on Wednesday, so get ready. Yeah. Fear the deer. Got to go down to the district. Oh, yeah. I got to make one game, right? Yeah, that's pretty cool there. Weather's got to warm up a little too. Yeah, had, oh man, they have those uh, heaters there. It's actually mm-hmm. a pretty. I had a buddy that went to to it and said it was probably like low sixties. What do you think a human human heat too? Yeah, and all that beer breath in your face <laughs> sounds wonderful. <laughs> oh God, no, I'm not going now. Screw it. Speaking of the cold, my daughter played last night in um a little scrimmage, and they kept playing. And it, my I couldn't feel my toes by the end of the night, and now I just feel for Jon Snow. You know, that's got to be cold. Like, how did, how, like, my toes were freezing in 51-degree weather. So like, how did are, they are do we, it? Are we really going to make this transition right now? <laughs> yeah, I think so. It just happened, so, I think. <laughs> let, me, let me, I have to do one recap, because we, we, I missed out on all of the draft talk. Draft? Brewers, so, Brewers are on a streak too. Maybe we should hit on them a little bit. I, I don't want to jinx it, so I think we we're can do leave another two-hour episode. We're leave them alone. <laughs> it looks like, for the Cubs series. Hey, it looks like people are listening to two-hour episodes. So why not? <laughs> so I don't want to go all. I don't want to do a complete redo of of the draft picks. I'll just stick to the to the first round. It's probably the safer, sure, safer. But I, I I pretty much agree with most of you guys' analysis with the with the past ones. The first one I thought was a little bit questionable. So. First pick was Sean Gary. I I like him and then his potential. I just there's it could go. It's one of those ones. That it's a it's a complete roll the dice type pick. And picking at twelve, I would have liked to have seen somebody that was a little bit more of a sure bet. But again, it could go. Like I said, it could go either way. He's a, he's a guy that could turn out to be like a Justin Harrell. Like you just don't like you could just yeah. never pan out. He's an athletic guy. Has all the talents in the world, but. Just can never put it together. Another doesn't have the work ethic enough to really make it as an NFL player. Was there anyone left at twelve that you really were hoping the Packers would get, or did it not? No one jump out to you. Um, I mean, I think if the right the pick right after like the Christian Wilkins, I think I liked him from Clemson. 
I did like him. He was one of the other guys that considered. He was also like an academic All-American. I don't know how much that matters, but I do like hearing that kind of stuff. That I, I guess the the storyline was. I'm not. I'm not mad at the pick. I thought it was. I still think it was a little bit of a reach for him. Um, I was really hoping for like a Devin Bush, and it was just painful to see like Pittsburgh jump ahead again mm-hmm. and steal our our defensive guy. Like it happened with like T.J. Watt. Like we were kind of hoping that he'd get that, and then like if it falls or goes to Pittsburgh, it's just like, ugh, these guys just get defensive guys all the time. Um, and then the the second pick, which was the reach, I don't think we needed to, to trade up for Darnell Savage. Like I just, I'm not sure who would have picked him going afterwards. The the only one that maybe would have done it would have been Oakland because they did take a safety then at 27. But the would it have been everything I read on was he, he wasn't he wasn't going to be a first round pick if anything be late like really late first round and I'm not sure that Oakland would have done it and I guess I think I think Pete and I kind of touched on a little bit was I I just don't like hearing I think it's hilarious to hear these GMs talk about how they know they know there was at least two teams yeah so that same thing came out of Goot's mouth too I know of at least a couple teams that would have picked him if he was there I think they're just putting him in the, in in that team's shoes though don't you potentially but I'm, but if if that's true there's only one safety drafted afterwards it's the same it's the same joke with uh the giants like drafting that duke quarterback like i know for a fact he would have been gone I'm like, oh, i don't think so but if 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 there's that guy's there and he fits your system perfectly with amos i think you go get him like yeah. what does it make a big difference that's what i like the aggressiveness cuz obviously he's the top safety on their board because no safeties had been picked then. And I think they just looked at it as we want this guy. He's the best safety. So they went up and got him. Maybe he won't turn out to be the best safety, but I like the aggressiveness of this is our guy and we're getting him. But I do understand like trading away that much for him. Maybe that was extreme, but so this is hindsight, hindsight's 2020. So like, I don't, I don't know what it played out. If this would have happened, I would have rather you trade up earlier in the second and try to get him early, early second round. And then, gotten a skilled player like a Marquise Brown like a wide receiver or something like that at that 30 pick yeah because it was a little surprising they didn't they didn't really address uh the skilled players until later until uh taking tight end yeah that's all they really took yeah and then running back late but yeah so that was just my general thing it was just it seemed like a, a bit of a reach that wasn't needed or you could have stayed pat and you could have kept him. I think you would have been there at 30. Yeah, you might have. I guess so. They, they just they didn't want to gamble. Well, I think it was needed. Safety's needed on this team. Well, who else is there? You want Josh Jones starting? Or Tremont? I, I, don't, I just don't. I, he's maybe a long-term fix. I don't, see him, I don't see him starting day one. I see him starting day one. I don't. I don't know who starts. I don't think we have yeah. a track record of that. I just don't know who starts. Well. Yeah, I think he starts just because. Yeah, we don't necessity maybe. Yeah, I think it's out of necessity for sure. Throw but, him out there. Two yeah, new safeties. But, but who, I do. I mean, who knows? But I do like to talk about that you guys had about like Randall should have never been a cornerback. That was a huge yeah. mistake. The yeah. idea that he would have been a a great safety and this would have been a non-issue. Well, that was a big problem with Ted. I think they like fitting uh, what circle pegs in square holes kind of thing. It's, it's just didn't a lot of, a lot of his picks never worked because he was trying to just draft talent and they couldn't switch, switch positions. These guys weren't multi-talented positional guys. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. Maybe Ted 
with his health now that we're learning about. So, yeah, he did that a little bit, even on like these guys aren't like offensive linemen where you can kind of piece them around a little bit. You can, it's not like you can take a uh, right tackle that played right, a decent right tackle in the, in college and then move him to guard and that's fine. Like, that's okay. You can, you can do that. You can't do that stuff with, you can't, you can't take a, a, a guy who's a safety and put him up on the line and take him up on the line against wide receiver, like NFL wide receiver talent. Like, well, that's he, just not, you're putting him in a position to fail. Like, well, even looking at it too, because a lot of cornerbacks sometimes have issue moving from left to right because the whole technique's a little different with footwork. Yeah. So, like, Revis would always stay, what, on the left side or whatever. But Richard Sherman, Sherman did too, yeah. Yeah, so there's even that issue where, yes, like you said, linemen, it, I, I would say tackle to tackle, it's a little different. It might be a little bit different footwork-wise, but moving to guard, I don't think there's any issue. Or maybe interior defensive linemen, it's not as, not as much of an issue either. It shouldn't be in my eyes, but it could be for sure. You do something with the line, like the defensive lineman. I don't know. But yeah, safety to corner. There's not a lot of guys who can who can play that that back safety and succeed, especially and then come when, back on, on the line. When so. it's not like they had cornerback speed to begin with either. They had the the build and the athleticism of more of a safety than a cornerback. So it was kind of a weird fit with Randall and Rollins. So that was pretty much all I had to say about the draft. Like it was just a couple pieces I just thought it was a little yeah. bit of a stretch. I like the I like the player. I think you're right that he's going to fit well with Amos. I think having Amos is good because it's actually a decent guy to mentor under. It's going to be very interesting with how many new faces there are on defense. It's basically, like half the defense is new starters. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, it should be like, fun. It should be a decent turnaround. I think if the defense does make a, a, a pretty good turnaround, but you have to get. I think you're going to still need to give this team potentially a year with this group. Yeah. Gel potentially on defense. Well, that's okay. Everybody's going to expect them to be the best defense in the league from day one. Yeah, that's Packer fan for you. So I think I think you just want to see a sign of improvement. So, what 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 rank were we in defense last year? Twenties. Mm, I want to say DVOA was somewhere in like the twenty three, twenty four right. range. Secondary was terrible. Secondary was, was last mess. in the league. Yeah. Yeah. So even I, run defense was really bad. That's something we've haven't been bad at. And I, I think just all all around everything was just bad. So Green Bay's defensive DVOA ranking was twenty nine. Oh, oh, even worse than I thought. So get that. I think you get that in the in the teens, low teens. Yeah, it would be, be a I'd significant be, improvement. I'd be happy with that. It'd probably be a thirteen and three year if you do that. Shoot, with Rodgers, Ro- healthy Rodgers, you should say. Yeah, because um, yeah, they don't have a backup quarterback. Yeah, be, it's gonna be interesting to see like that. The center that we drafted, let's see what kind of where he plays. And then uh, who's the who's the kid from last year that did, that set out a year and is now back? Cole Madison. Cole Madison. So it'll be cool to see what he kind of does in, in that uh, Turner, yeah, I Billy think, Turner. That they, I think he that could be really up. good, honestly. I really do. They they were really expecting him to make a big push to start, so Can't I'm pretty excited for yeah, that. Yeah, did you guys mention, like, this probably his last year for Bulaga. Like, I don't think yeah. I don't see him coming back. Yeah, so no. we have to figure out what, what we're going to do for but the right tackle. Bulaga was still one of the better tackles in he the was. league, actually, when yeah. you think when of he's it. on the field. Yeah. So. He, Bulaga's good. It's just that he's to a point where he's not worth signing to another yeah, that contract. Cl- yeah. That cliff is coming. Yeah. Yeah, he's like 30, and he's injured a lot. So sure. just get the most out of him now. But at least you have the number one tackle in the league, uh, protecting Rodgers' backside, so... Plus, plus that man can you, that man can chug beer. He can pound him. Him at the Bucks games, he down yeah. two, not one, two beers. I want to see was. him him versus Maester Chris. Yeah, 
would Chris, be quite. Chris in his prime could really make beer a full glass yeah. of beer disappear in like oh, two he's seconds. Taking yes. Pitcher down. I have, I have video. He of, was of Chris. He was like, uh, remember the fox from the Man Show? <laughs> oh just, yeah, that's kind of like Chris. He's just dumping him down his throat easily. He could open it up. But that's also that's a young man's game. It is that's a young man's game. Might be getting too Bakhtiari's old. Bakhtiari's still young. That's for sure. <laughs> So before we wrap up Packers completely, I think we want to do a, a complete deep dive of this team. Um, I think we're trying to get Frank on one more time um, to talk about uh, the Packers and uh, this draft class. I think he's really eager to talk about it. Those of you who haven't know, he's he's really taking that battle with cancer. Um, so we're we're with him. Thoughts and prayers are with him. Um, so we want to get him on to really kind of talk about this because he's really eager to talk about this team. So hopefully we can get that arranged, but we want to at least give a shout out to him and and let them know we're thinking about them. Yeah. You want, you hope Aaron Rodgers stays healthy this season? Let's hope he doesn't get injured on Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. snap. Boom. Did you guys know that you guys know Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah. Did you guys know that he was the one who died from the arrow from Theon? Oh no! I in didn't episode know. was that one? I didn't. He know. got shot in the eye. He was the one that got shot in the he eye. Was on and the they boat. showed him for like a couple seconds. So Rob, Rob, I forget his name. Mackerel something. McElroy or whatever. But yeah, so he was he was he had his spot too. So yeah, there's probably even more, but we haven't seen. Him. Yeah, Martin Starr was on oh really yes he was also on this season um i think also episode one from silicon valley and then i didn't see him wow uh, yeah he's he's a pretty easy guy to see too and then some people might have forgot but uh if you remember noah syndergaard was on last season he was a lannister soldier they pan over i think it's the loot train episode they pan over and he's standing there so they've done cameos before i i think it's best if you keep them where they're kind of unnoticed like you have to go back and watch because right. we the ed sheeran one is a little lame a little like lame. the fact that he's actually singing yeah. by a fire yeah that's pretty uh it's a little too on the lame. nose but but i was listening to, to uh chicago sports talk radio and they had like a little quick hitting kind of thing and they were talking about are you guys listening are you guys watching game of thrones and everybody said no no not listening not watching whatever and all of them said it and said okay will you go back and watch all these episodes and they're like definitely not like we're not going back no i've watched lord of the rings it's the same same stuff wizards and dragons and and witches and i'm like no this is not even close to what you're talking about this is it's further away from fantasy than you think so it's just what's like funny like they don't even know but that's okay but it just know, goes to tell you that everybody's watching this thing you know nothing chicago you know nothing chicago Sports radio talk. So as I kind of said my thoughts a little bit, I kind of held off a little bit because I wanted to wait for you guys. But so we have to we have to go back to episode three, right? 
Oh, just you, real quick. Yeah, you can touch on that. So we didn't touch on that at all, did we? So <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Thanks Only for the support for the the Dothrakic, Dothrakic, Dothraki, Dothrakic blade. I think the Dothrakic blade. The Dothrakshire. What do they call those things? We looked it up. I still yeah, love the the Kingsford burning on it. It's uh, awesome. Yeah. So, I like the episode. My thought was... Are you talking about episode three? You were talking about episode three. Okay. I did like the episode. You guys did a really good job going in depth on it, so we don't need to rehash mm-hmm. it too deeply, but I'll give you my thoughts. I loved it. The The cinematography was amazing. Hands down, I think you guys were spot on. Like, the probably the best TV episode ever. It yeah. rivals a lot of even movies, too. I just... My, my thing was, after the marathon, at the end, you're, you're left with the, oh my God, air aria moment. And it's over. The more I thought about it, one, it was on full tilt the whole episode, so that was mm-hmm. intense. Yeah. My thing was, I think they needed, or I was more looking that one of the special characters had to have gone. Yes, I do agree with that. And that was where I thought it was like, oh, you just made this whole Night King battle and nobody of real importance is gone, except for the whole Dothraki army. So I guess well, if you want to say that, but. That kind of flips to the next episode too. Not Not that we have to flip right away, but the whole Tormund moment, like, why didn't you just kill Tormund then? Because basically he just left without, I mean, he's not coming back. And Or is he? Eh, he's not he, coming back. He's another pet wolf. He's retiring. Yeah, he's done. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I said I liked episode two a lot because it kind of felt like last moments with some of the characters. Everybody who was drinking in that room together with mm-hmm. the Jamie, Brian, they all lived. And kind of now looking back at that episode, like it doesn't feel as special. Like this is going to be the last night. Like, did Podrick need to live? Did Davos need to Ooh. live? I and mean, some of these characters, like Sam. Sam, I guess you know. There's some people who say he's going to be the one to write the history of uh. this battle. Like he's kind of in a way like George R. R. Martin. So that's kind of an interesting theory if he to keep him alive, but. Sam, considering he was crying a lot during the battle, probably shouldn't have lived. I mean, well, Davos doesn't even have fingers on one hand. How did he even wield a sword? Hey, Jamie only has one hand. He's in this Jamie, he he's, he's trained with one hand. He knows how to do it. I don't he was know. channeling his inner Brienne of Tarth. Oh, he was channeling her. <laughs> and then immediately leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're great and all. I gotta, I gotta uh, work. I, could, I, could I gotta be, work early in the morning. Sorry could, to bail. <laughs> Classic. I could, I could stay with you all night. Oh my talk sister! About, my sister's still alive. Oh, deuces. Talk about Coyote Ugly. He probably just took his hand off. <laughs> he had another one in his bag, so she was just laying. She woke up with just the cold, cold arm spooning her. <laughs> <What>? Jamie. <laughs> Oh, like Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> and now to episode four. I think yeah, I said, did I say episode five last time? I don't I think, remember. I think you did. Oh, that's okay. All right, episode four then. Right? I thought you were like foreshadowing. I don't know. I was so just, that's all I had really. You guys did a good job yeah. of going three. I don't want to go too to more depth, but that's. I just thought there'd be somebody with a little bit more substance that would have. Are you at all gone. surprised at how uh, upset most people seem to be at this season? In terms of podcasts and social media, it it seems like there is a ton of criticism, which 
I've probably been less critical than most, but I did I, start to feel that way a little bit after this last episode. Uh, this did, last episode kind of. I just don't know, like the 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 stupid Starbucks coffee cup thing. Like I thought it was one. It was funny. One I missed it completely until yeah. I had to go back and rewatch it. I'm like, oh yeah, there it is. But other than that, like seriously, like people, some people went, like I thought it was funny. Like it was a joke or whatever else. But then people are getting angry. Well, people are going to be really angry when the coffee cup sits on the throne. That's the <laughs> final shot of this show. It's just yeah, camera it's like, pans uh, away as the, the so, cup. It's, so does like Starbucks. Like Starbucks has to love this. Oh yeah, they said it was like the equivalent of getting like a billion dollars in free advertising, considering how many people watch and how much it was talked oh, about. God, yeah. <laughs> so it's like um, the guy who does the, I believe Arby's commercials, not Arby's, but. Uh, no, I can't remember. But he plays the the can of beans in that wet hot American summer. Oh, yeah, I believe it's can of Archers. peaches. Yeah, can of peaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so he's gonna be the voice of the Starbucks cup. <laughs> That'd be a good gig for him. Yeah. With episode three, some of the criticisms, like, were warranted. Like the whole idea that like they. They used the cavalry and the trebuchets like as wrong as you could in battle, but that didn't bother me that much considering it doesn't really affect the plot. Like the undead were going to swarm them no matter what. Or the, like the, hey, the cavalry, like in what, in what battle do you send the cavalry out just to die? Yeah. Like, I mean, for, for the most part though, like I feel like that, that I could overlook as long as it just was an entertaining episode. But the last episode, episode four, I feel like there was a couple parts that was just like inexcusable and bad writing. I thought the, like the last episode was like that that middle Matrix movie. Oh, the, <laughs> Where, like it was everything was just bridging you to get to the last. Yeah. So is it going to be two episodes of just sheer bloodshed and battle? Like is that what we're we're teeing up right now, or is like the last one going to have more like the buttoning up loose ends? And... That's what I wonder if we're going to get battle in episode five, and then kind of the aftermath in episode six. I mean, there's only there's like two hours and forty minutes left to tell the whole rest of the the story of Game of Thrones, which doesn't seem like very much time at all. Yeah, I I really do feel like. The episode could have been like a couple of episodes, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, like there was so much in it, everything so rushed. Feels rushed, very rushed. It doesn't feel like there's time to let any of these plots develop or breathe much. It's kind of like they're they're just sprinting to the finish line. Yeah. And it did have a lot of amazing moments, though. Yeah, with uh, with Jamie, with Tyrion, and the dragon getting shot out of the air. Like there was a lot so- of stuff that happened that were pretty impressive. But it was rushed and definitely so, so, just left me thinking, like, I want more, I guess. So when the one dragon gets shot out and then Danny just, like, tries to dive bomb torpedo at, mm-hmm. or stare down the spear, and she makes the hard cut up because she knows, like, what's going to happen. How does she not just have one shot of fire as she goes around? Just uh, one. Just one little, one little Jakaris and just ignite up at least one ship yeah, and turn around. Or her lighter wasn't lighting. She's just like, ah! Or I thought she was going <laughs> to, yeah, like, fly around the side and do, like, one pass, but she did. That's that's probably the part I had the biggest issue with is... Or, like, hey, how about you send one dragon to come up from behind? And the, like, they kill off Rigel, which is, it's such a huge part of the of the show to have a dragon die, or Rigel, 
I think his name is. Mm-hmm. They have a dragon die, and it's just it's so sudden, and it's like, how come they were they were flying and they didn't see the ships? Like the ships had a line of sight on the dragon, but they couldn't see the ships. So it's just it's like they needed a dragon to die for to even things out. So they just kill one. This is supposed to be the shocking piece of having those. Uh, what are they called? Like the spears, Scor- scorpions. The They're scorpions. ballistas, but they call them scorpions. Yeah, sure. so like have the scorpion shooters mounted on each of the ships. The idea that if they just were that naive to think that they, oh they haven't developed any weaponry while we've been and, away fighting this great war. And the I did watch the after show, and one of the writers, I forget which one it was, his defense, the lame uh, one or the cool one, uh, one dude I could not stand, the guy with the beard. Yeah, which one is he? Is that TV. white? D.B. Weiss is the lame one, I think. <laughs> one guy is he's, is about it and seems somewhat normal. One guy's too deep. Just way too well, deep. They're both way too deep. Well, his, his, <laughs> they know too much. <laughs> his defense of uh, that happening is that Danny forgot about the Greyjoy fleet. That's, that's the, inexcusable. That's the one. worst writing of all time to say. She, you're in the middle of a big battle. You've, the great, like, Euron has already... Like, he overran Yara's fleet last season. He's ambushed them at uh, Casterly Rock. Like, you forgot that? You just forgot yeah, Theon about showed up at Winterfell, well, too. They, well, they talked about, like, that how he brought the the company Gold, from, from company. Westeros. Like, what do you... And you just, oh, he was just going to go off? Yeah, she just forgot about him. Like, that's just, that's inexcusable. That's like they just had no... They're just like, just kill a dragon. I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't know if they're just like exhausted, like trying yeah. to just get the show to the finish line. Yeah, for sure. But that kind of bummed me out. And it also bummed me out as we talk so much about episode three and Bran's role. And then to find out, I thought in episode four, oh, we'll find something else out what he did. It, he didn't seem to do anything. It's kind of just what you see is what you get. It's just, it's surface level at this point. There's not that same like layers of depth to it which has made the show so fun to talk about but i think i think it comes down to where these books aren't written and you have so much more info granted he's told them everything but he's told them everything they have they haven't had a chance to deep dive into the books well yeah and that's where that's where the seasons kind of turned into just randomness because then they were just like oh let's just write some stuff yeah your writing wasn't as strong because they didn't have his stuff to go off of you're talking about tv writers versus a fantasy novel writer who's writing these long yeah. books. So, and I, I think you're starting to see, like, you're right. You're starting to see that a little bit now, like especially with the speed of which, like they know they need to wrap this up, and there's still a lot of things to get accomplished. If, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I do think though, pretty entertaining. One thing uh, everyone says that you know, like this is what happens when they get off the books, and they did meet with George R. R. Martin for like three days and go over notes. I don't think George R. R. Martin knows how the series is going to end. I think if he knew, he'd be writing the books a little faster. Because I, I think for him, it's there's so many characters and moving parts. He's kind of feeling his way through it still. And I would expect the books to be way different it, at this point. And let's, let's face it, writing the books is much harder than writing the plot for the, for the movie. You have to develop the characters. Yeah. You have to describe it in such a way. like It's going to take a lot longer. At least now, I mean, this will you'll have the benefit of saying like, well, fans hated this, so yeah. I'm not going to do that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's why I think it's going to be so different. But even but, even like, I think though people had, they thought maybe bounce HBO and Weiss and Benioff bouncing ideas off George R. R. Martin, it was going to play out like like just like the books, and it was going to be fine. But 
I think they were probably more just pitching ideas to him and him just kind of saying what he thought about them. And yeah, yeah, be a fly in that room, right? Yeah. Be... But there are two things that happened in this episode. So you have Tyrion and Varys talk. Mm-hmm. I think that was a big talk. Kind of, sure. kind of being back to being classic, like themselves in terms of what they do, strategy and looking at all look trying to look like several moves ahead right because both of them have been looking several moves ahead like you look at see i'm on season two now again Mm. and Tyrion's just so strong in in his mind games like it's amazing how much he's he's kind of mind game wise and now every decision's wrong for season seven and eight yeah every decision's wrong and it's kind of like well what are you gonna do like finally they're they're having like a man-to-man honest talk and behind the scenes kind of behind the the curtain so to say And saying, "Hey, I'm I'm here. Let's just talk this out. Like, what are you doing? What are you gonna do? What do we need to do to live? Pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah. So it was. Varys has never talked like that. He's always like, you know, hold offish and and not letting his plans be said. But he's always been there for the people. So he's gonna go wherever the people are gonna be best off. And it lo- it's looking like John because and he also I think he had a soft spot for Tyrion, right? So he always yeah. someone kind of saved him. Um, yeah, he put him in the box, right? Yeah, he put him in the box and like <laughs> and, and, sh- and send with him. But I think the idea is, I think at this point, they're so close together and they see this as such a pivotal moment that they're going to, now Now is not the time to keep things close to the vest. Yeah. I think he wants to try to point mm-hmm. Tyrion in the right direction. I think of all those like group of advisors, like this is now a show, like aside from the very end, like Littlefinger was probably one of the best at actually navigating this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he seemed the one that was able to pivot and maneuver his way through this whole thing. And the and the one thing he did is he underestimated like the things he taught Sansa, and he just just overlooked that piece where he didn't that, think he control her, and finally did. That was his one weakness was the the Stark women. He, yeah, he, yeah, no, he he loved them so so much, and maybe it clouded his judgment. <laughs> loved them so much, he gave Sansa to <laughs> Ramsey Ramsey Bolton. Oh, yeah. Man. He had to beat her down to take. That was her. an interesting conversation between him and the, or like her and the hound. Oh yeah, <laughs> like that was. Like, a, I mean, it was a good way to look, look at you, it. If you go back to season one, too, yeah, the hound did save Sansa at one point, and yeah, I think they've come a long little way bird. since then. Yeah, just do what he says, little bird, and then that's when she kind of just turns into a robot and just I'll do whatever my king says. And yeah, going back to those seasons for sure, she she changed big time from from uh joffrey so speaking of the hound the hound and Arya just kind of are teaming back up to do mm-hmm. what i'm kind of intrigued by that i it love has, love the Arya line be, i don't know why everybody hates Arya, but i just um, love her storyline so her and the hound are back together well, where are like they going her whole character arc had payoff now for like she's basically been since season one that's where she starts uh with Sirio learning to sword fight and it's been seven seasons of her perfecting it and she right. finally is now like an assassin. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like I'm I'm fine with Arya being like Yeah. The the crazy assassin Wild killer. Card, yeah. That was that was such a crazy move. We have a, that air leap to kill a king in the and just Alright, so you're getting choked out, number one. Mm-hmm. He got you, choked out, so you have him. He sees you. It's past like the First of all, how rewind it. So if I'm the Night King, and you guys are my right hand 
Right in, guys. Your White Walker generals. There's like, what, 20 of them? How in God's name do you let Arya sneak through six she, people? She's so stealthy, man. She leveled up her stealth skills. I guess yeah. so. Yeah, like she peak put mode. she put all the points in stealth. It was the but most he was, important. But he was able to sense it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how did they not? But anyway, so she turns and he, and he gets it by the throat. How does not one of them try to shoot one of those like ice daggers at her <laughs> yeah. or something like that? Immediately stab her. But but, but what are the odds? I mean, if I did that a million times with nobody choking me, dropping a knife down from my hand as I was like going to stab you, drop it down perfectly to the one down below. Well, if you had trained with uh, the waif and the faceless men for a couple of years, you would be able to do that. Yeah. I don't know. Assassin's Creed. I'd probably stab my own hand. She can jump (laughs) off of a building into a hay bale and live. (laughs) And she uh, showed off that move last season. That's true. Sparring against Brienne. That'd be like the best outtake. Like how many takes did it take to drop the thing? And catch it. (laughs) Catch it, stab your hand. But now it's like, I think we kind of mentioned earlier, with teams on the verge of elimination, is now Ari and the Hound going to be in the, on the flip side of that? Over cocky. Oh, they're going to be too confident. They're going to just go straight at the mountain. It's going to cut off both their heads Hound. in one swing. <laughs> yeah. Unless he's just going to distract mountain. He's just gonna, she's just going to take out Cersei. Well, do you think Arya would take out Cersei? She already took out the Night King. Would she get the two biggest kills of the show in the same season? Double kill. No, I wouldn't I, put it past it. But I think I could see the Hound and the Mountain having Clegane Bowl, and maybe the Mountain is winning, and Arya comes in and like finished like kills the Mountain. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe they both die. I, I think she's gonna have a faceless man moment. I thought she was gonna have that in episode three. I thought Bran was gonna be Arya and and jump up and stab the Night King, and then it'd be turn out to be Arya. I would think shouldn't we see that again? As much as like but the faceless man training was important, and she has to kill kill the person to have their face though. So she could she be Littlefinger. Oh, she oh she can only be dead would, people. Yeah, so she oh. would have to kill Bran. What if? She'll be Littlefinger then. What if she is either A, the mountain, B, she's Cersei. What if she's Cersei right now? She's the one that did the the kill. Cersei's already dead. She's already dead. I guess I forgot about that part about only being able to use dead people's faces. Yeah, pretty sure. I think you're right. See, I I think it's gonna happen. Either she kills Jamie and tricks Ooh. Cersei somehow with Jamie. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, do you it, think is Jamie going back to Cersei to kill her? I think or that's be on her a, side? I think that's a big up in the air. I think he's very I, emotional, and he's that. I feel gut. like he's not because that kind of bums me out that he had that great redemption arc and knighting Brienne was kind of like you that, know, hey, that love you know, runs deep. Sure does. But now he's just one night with... I was going to say something completely inappropriate right there, but I'm going to refrain. <laughs> one night with Brienne, he's right back to Cersei. Yeah. I think that was left in the last time we talked about it. Yeah, it what? was. Balls? Yeah. Balls deep about 
balls deep in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, his love, I mean, Cersei's got, got him for sure. But I think it's, I think it's still going to come down to what he's going to do. I don't know. I'm, I, I still think it's up in the air. I think he's very emotional over, he's gone this, this arc of redemption and leaving his sister and fighting for these people. He's not going to turn on them that quick, right? I'm hoping that it's the fact that spending that time with them and even the night with Brienne, that he's realizing that these people are like genuinely good people and that he hasn't been and his sister hasn't been and that he's going to kill Cersei. That, right. And that, I think I think it also when he gets there, he's going to see Euron and Euron's going to say, it's my baby. He's going to say, no, it's my baby. And she's going to say, I'm not having a baby. She's going to much and you're both. And you then they're going to Maury. Yeah, going more. You're on. You are <laughs> not the father. <laughs> so I mean, it's he's gonna. I think when it comes down to that, and he realizes that he's not as important to Cersei, then then he'll. How many be months back, pregnant is Cersei? She's zero because she's not pregnant. Because if she was pregnant with Jamie, like think how much stuff she, is supposed to have happened. Like she wasn't pregnant. Come on, what, like what? What amount of time has lapsed right now? I don't months. know, five years? It's like... <laughs> to build all that stuff and make all those weapons? And fighting, going to, riding to the north. They are. In, in season one, they reference it's, it's a month's ride, like, by horse from King's Landing to Winterfell. <laughs> Jamie's supposed to, like, have gone up there, fought. Euron was going to pick up the Golden Company and come back. There's been all this stuff happening. There's, there's a lot of DeLoreans. Don't worry about it. Yeah, there's just time traveling and yeah, teleporting well, it's like, around. It's weird the map. that so, at some episodes they slow it down, and in other episodes it's like instantaneous. It's just so much just, you can't fit it all. It, yeah, it does feel know. like though they they paid more attention to those kind of details in the earlier seasons. The yeah. fact that like think how long it takes like Rob marching south. Oh, it took it a whole season. Is like, yeah, there's just that's just the season of his army slowly moving south, and now they just like appear all over pew, the map, pew. just getting the teleporter. Yeah, Danny's just sitting there. They'll have tardis. Well, well Danny and that, that miniature army. Yeah, he's yeah, just sitting yeah, there. Yeah, he's my twenty unsullied <laughs> and a dragon. Yeah, okay. John, that, was, that was the last thing I wanted to talk John's about. John's gonna John's gonna be here in like two months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, at this moment, what she have like twenty guys, and yeah. there's like all these. I mean, the dragons off in the off in the all the things are pointed at the other dragon. Clearly, why did, Cersei's. Why is there any kind of, you know, I don't know, civil kind of civilness? Yeah, Cersei but, hate they hate each other. Why are they even doing this? Yeah, why is this even it's, happening? It's, and it's protocol, Pete. <laughs> Come on, there's Cersei no rules to follow. war. There's right? rules. There's no rules to war in Game of Thrones. I feel. Yeah, Cersei's <laughs> not going to follow the rules, and even. She's got all this wildfire too. And she doesn't yeah. just poof, you're dead. Like well, she look at where they, I just don't know why they all those uh those scorpion things. Why don't you just turn them all on the twenty and just eh, Yeah, you're, or you're sh- shoot Drogon. They were able to shoot the dragon flying way up in the sky. Drogon's just sitting on the beach. He's taking there. a nap <laughs> like Pete's dragon. <laughs> like like just start unloading on all of them. End of show. But and like how many times He's does, literally laying like a puppy in the corner. How, yeah, how many times does brother, Tyrion have to have the talk of like, I know there's still some good in you, Cersei. Like, no, there's not. They, no, there's not. Show- I don't have a baby in me. <laughs> Shut up, little man. They've been showing that there's not <laughs> just, good in her. She just, she does She doesn't nothing. have a baby in her. That's the I, point. To, to steal Pete's, Pete's bit, 
So she's just like, hold my beer. And then uh, yeah. Mountain, take well, care of this. Any yeah. last words? <laughs> well, yeah. You think, you think you think I have good in me? Yeah. Yeah. Hold my beer. I mean, uh, yeah. Last words? Good night. <laughs> this is where it's awful writing, too, is Bron showed up and basically said, like, I'm here to kill you two, to Tyrion and Jamie. And then Tyrion goes and meets Cersei and says, I know they're still good in you. You just hired a guy to kill me. I, they're still good in you, sister. It's like, all right, I'm st- I've, I've been less critical than most about this season, but this episode really just was like, had some unforgivable moments. Where I'm like, come on. Like, yeah, there were some great moments. There but still were, and I'm still excited. I'm excited to see um, Grey Worm go go off on people now he's on a suicide mission oh god yeah he's gonna die from the mountain probably one i guess one little thing just the head dribbling off the ground (laughs) like a basketball oh god yeah not good one little thing i just did want to mention though is that i think is interesting is the fact that this is a weekly show and lends itself so well to talking about episode to episode do you think they're gonna get away from actually like releasing shows a season at a time like you know the way stranger things they do a whole season yeah well, th- well say as a netflix versus any other i wonder venue. though do you think netflix will even maybe move to releasing on a schedule because of you look at how much buzz this gets versus if it all comes out at once and everyone just watches it's it it's great it's yeah but yeah no. it, this is like all everyone can talk about yeah in between episodes Because you got to think if stranger things was was released that way it is a huge show no, yeah. no matter what but if it was released that way, my God, the buildup for every episode yeah, would guess, be insane. I guess I'm a little surprised that Netflix hasn't kind of adapted a little bit. I think they, I I would see them releasing the first season potentially like that all in one and get and kind of figure out whether people like it or not. Yeah. If they like yeah. it, and then yeah. subsequent seasons to use your buildup, like you mentioned. Where now they just like I I don't know if that's just their mo. So now that's just what they do. Yes. I don't know, but I, I think they're losing out on a lot of publicity. Yeah, that seems like that's just the business model that makes sense is to go back to the weekly shows and let everyone analyze it. Because like we mentioned, every podcast is talking about it. Like the radio, it's it's crazy too. Like it's all over the place. Just going on YouTube, it's like recommended videos for you. I mean, hundred people like just breaking down the episode. So like it even crosses into like, going to sporting events there's there's like dragons and and harden on it like <laughs> yeah and curry i think i saw curry and a dragon on like everybody's just referencing on yeah, signs i've posted now. some twitter things right. obviously yeah. we were with tree crying harden didn't get much run well, which even, i thought that was yeah, really but even good, like but. the last few episodes like <laughs> i don't know if anybody's really noticed but the social media episodes where we post the numbers yeah. and things like that like I've, i found like the graphic where they have like it's a game of thrones and then Giannis on the on the on the uh, King of Thrones, like the actual on the, little, on the, on the, throne, on the Iron yeah. Throne on the chair, yeah. But yeah, I had to make a separate one. I didn't, I didn't have that graphic, so I had to make a different <laughs> one for my episode that I had to post. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it's uh it's an amazing show. Can't wait for the next one. Yeah, so, I'm, I mean, I'm still I'm still excited. Pumped. I can't wait to see how this ends. I want to see where this is all heading. It's still entertaining. So. Oh, Still, I still think it's, it's the best show on TV. Yeah. It's gonna have faults. So, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy has to be, do something redeeming. Otherwise, Brienne of Tarth letting him just ride out is unexcusable. At that I'm, point, where he's like, "I'm an evil person," letting him ride out or ride in, which one's more inexcusable? Hmm. Interesting. 
Well, I think both now that you she let it ride out. Only time will tell. On that note. <laughs> Eighteen million dollars plus an episode they're spending. They're making a movie every yeah, every crazy. episode's a movie. Yeah. But their budget last year was ten million. They're recouping all of it. I would imagine just through merchandise and licensing. There's Game of Thrones everything. I have twelve days of Game of Thrones socks. <laughs> I bought a Game of Thrones shirt. Well, I'm gonna buy, I'm buy some season. Funko Pops for yeah. sure. But good job. H. Sean Benjamin was a guy who I was thinking of. Callback. Oh, okay. For the Archer Arby's Bob's guy. Burger. Gotcha. Yeah. I think he does Arby's. He's, really do. He does the he does the commercials where he's like the chef in the yes. kitchen. Yes. Yeah. 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 So he's got a great voice. He does a lot of good voiceover work for cartoons and stuff. Yeah. So that's yes. what I was thinking. So he'll be the Starbucks cup in the next couple <laughs> episodes. Wait for that. <laughs> so, yeah, we got two left. Two left. And it's all over. Mm-hmm. Episode five. Enjoy enjoy the Aaron Rodgers. See if you can find him. Yep. This is uh, Where's Miguel, Aaron? directed by Miguel. So it's a big war, obviously. Mm-hmm. Miguel, whatever his name is. But we he's done all the big wars. Directed episode three. And the Bolton fight. Oh, Battle of the Bastards. Battle of the Bastards. And the one with the other one. Um, Loot Train one, I believe. Oh. I think. I could be wrong. But, so yeah, it'll be a big battle. Get get ramped up. Get ready for excitement and heart attacks. So for all those that were complaining about the episode three battle being so dark, this one's going to be in daylight, right? Yeah. I I hope so. I I would think so. Also, get a new TV. So much daylight that you can see a dragon in the sun. That, oh, ooh. is that a tease? I I could see it. A little one little. I, that's the thing. What dragon is this? Is, is this a new dragon or Drogon with armor? I don't know. I don't can know it, if a can dragon it, can fly with armor. Well, they, they want <laughs> according to this tar- season. Yes, those Targaryens <laughs> want so much to like have, and even like obviously Cersei and. Jamie want to have interrelational marriages. Yeah, keep the bloodlines pure. Did the dragons? I mean, uh, well, that's the thing is they got these eggs from like way off somewhere, someplace. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be more eggs places in in places. Maybe this is because Tyrion's well, in the in the preview. Best, Tyrion's walking. Best preservative ever known. Right. Million million years. So that's what's interesting is Tyrion's walking to to Danny who's looking over the sea, probably mourning Rhaegal. But he then they show a second shot of him, kind of just like intrigued almost. But then there's a dragon behind. So is it the dead dragon, or is it like a new dragon? Like all of a sudden is there? Like it's just she hiding that she's had these other eggs and hatched other dragons, I guess. Well, if I remember right, yeah, they made all the dinosaurs female in Jurassic Park That's but true. they used frog DNA so they switched sex and that might be what happened with the dragons it could be could be it could be that they used frog DNA now we're back know. to Jurassic Park <laughs> so now let's let's go full circle back to my conference I met the guy who did the Jurassic Park logo got his autograph oh that's that's a so fantastic, fantastic logo I got a not a poster of Jurassic Park but a poster he made his autograph on it. Oh, nice. That's a real famous one. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. We've come full circle. Is it time to go? I think, I think so. it is. Good, because I got to go to the bathroom. Okay.
<laughs> I'm gonna have anal sneezing soon. <laughs> oh, I'll make cups of coffee this morning. <laughs> I've only had one, but I had like six yesterday. So oh, I'm gonna ride do, home. That'll do it. Oh, that'll do, donkey. That'll do. Goodbye. Oh, everybody. hey, wait. Talking about donkey. <laughs> Sabe. Sabin. Sabe's back. The Sabe show. Yeah, you guys. You guys listen at all? I haven't listened. No. I'm not. Either. Pretty good. Is it? Yeah. So does he KB, have other, does KB, he have other people on? So KB and Drew come on uh, at certain points. And then KB and Drew have their own show now later in the day. When nobody okay. listens, got it. No, yeah, right. Nobody listens for sure. Mm. But yeah, it's been pretty good so far. It's like a six to nine, right? Like six to nine. Yes, I believe so. Is he in Milwaukee now? Uh, he's got like a hotel or something. I don't think he's planning to move here from what he said. He's because uh, his, his girlfriend or he's getting married or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, they she was they were wondering because he's got daughters in school and stuff I think so oh. or something like that. But huh. so yeah, I I don't know. He's gonna see how it goes for a year I think, and and that's interesting. And maybe yeah. maybe possibly move, but he's still doing his podcast for the Washington area and mm. all that kind of stuff too. So he's off the radio in Washington now. I don't know. I'm not sure because he, he had he had two different. He radio might shows. be he might be doing only like one or something. Interesting, but, but yeah, I'm but he's in, he is he in divorced either because I thought he was still married. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. So much stuff. <sighs> anyway, I could be flinging rumors out I there. Only, I don't know. I only care. But a he's back. Bit. He sounds great. I love his voice. So he's all about Wisconsin. He just, he just yeah. doesn't do very well. I've the more I listen to his like podcast, he doesn't do very well alone. He's another one of those guys. It's like it's hard yeah. to listen to him alone. Like I think the I love the. The Bob and Brian and him so much just because of the interaction and dynamic between yeah. the, the three. So if his morning show has some some of that, but he's still bouncing ideas and has other people come on, I think it's probably going to be better because because yeah. he, he is he's good. Yeah, because KB has his little randomness. KB's always random entertainment yeah. kind of stuff, and then Drew has his random sports stuff. Yeah. So so yeah, they come on. I haven't listened to a full show, so I'm sure there's other people. Yeah, I love when um, the Packers sign three guys in free agency, and KB's talking about The Bachelor. Good sports radio. Yeah. (laughs) At least talk Game of Thrones. All right. All right. Okay. All right. We're all back. Good to see you guys. Yeah. Good final Mm. episode. (laughs) Oh. Every episode's a final episode. Because we are questionable to return. Boom. Roasted. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Go to. New York. Murph and Sully did not appreciate you at the Bucks game. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Questionable to Return Sports Podcast. Send us your questions, read more about us, and more on our website, questionabletoreturn.com. Follow us on Twitter at Q2Return and Instagram at questionabletoreturn. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash questionable to return. Follow each of the guys on Twitter for Andy at Andy, the number nine M-A-N. Mike at Mike R. Daly and Pete at P. Cozy with a K, Junior J.R. Please consider leaving us a five-star review as well as sharing us with someone you know.